Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of Ray Free Professional Wrestling as we look back on AEW Double or Nothing. And David, you were oh, oh, so close to being the Churchill Cup champion, but it ended in a draw. So still, your stunning American Churchill Cup champion, yours truly, Stunning Sean. David, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, mate, actually. A little bit tired, but that's um, that's when you've got nearly a practically six-hour pay-per-view to, to work through. Um, Yeah. I, I listen. I can take that. You know, just losing on the on the fact of the title holder uh, keeps keeps control when it's a draw. We we both went five for five. Hey, you can't argue with that, mate. You can't get much better and more knowledgeable than that. David, I felt like you were in the booking room when they were deciding who was going to win the matches because you were on fire and I was freaking hanging on an edge. Yeah, I suppose going into the final match with will they will they uh, drop. You know, drop. Will they let Adam Page drop the title, or will will Punk take the title? Because that's what you needed to get the five-all draw, just purely by match placement. Um, but hey, you know, I can, I can. I, that's respectable. My performance, I couldn't have done any better, and uh, neither could you. So it just shows, we're not just me being on fire. You were as well. You know, you were a hundred percent, and it was what it was. Well. You were right, because if I remember right from the last episode, you were telling us that this might be the most disappointing AEW pay-per-view to date. And coming out of this AEW pay-per-view, I don't think I got my money's worth. Right. Yeah, it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. Now, I'll be honest, when I said that, I thought the show was better than I expected. It was nowhere near the range of some of the ones that they've done previously. There was some... Well, I'm sure we're going to go through it anyway. The the one thing for me, and, and it is long-standing, it is too bloody long. There were at least three matches on that card that didn't need to be there. Or they could have put two in the pre-show. Well, I don't know why there was only just the one match in the pre-show. Hey, you know, well, I'm sure we're going to go get into this now. But, yeah, it was just too long. David... I think that's everybody's complaint to AEW at the moment. Because where it's like, Sunday Night Main Event, Figure Four Weekly, Wrestle Talk, they all are saying the same thing. It was too freaking long. You are basically burning out your fan base having these marathon running shows. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, It was ridiculous. Well, you were right. Because starting out in the pre-show... If you're thinking you were giving more than one match, you were incorrect because we literally had about 50 minutes of promos. Now, granted, they were good because they were AEW promos. Then we get our first match of the evening. It was Hookhausen versus Tony Nese in Smart Mark Sterling. And this match lived up to basically everything I thought it would be. And I kind of got a chuckle out of how the ending happened when Hook had Smart Mark data rights. Then he just walked over to Dan Housen and tags him in. And Dan Housen makes a Superman pose as he's put one foot on there for the pin. 
Yeah, it did enough. You got a little bit of Dan Housen showing he can actually wrestle. He's not just a gimmick. Although, again, it, there was the first botch of the night in here with the Hurricane Rana that Housen did on Tony Nice. It didn't go great, but it was, to be fair, with, with compared to what was to come, it was actually quite a quite a good spot. But I'm sure we'll go into that because there's a lot of these matches that the timing was off. That some of it was just not the finest quality that we've come to expect from AEW. But they could have easily got, say, Darby Carlo Riley in there. The um, the, the House of Black match could have gone in there. Jade Cargill's match could and should have gone into the pre-show. But no, they didn't. And um, I think it was at one point when it was about, it was after 4 o'clock a.m. UK time, and I realised there was still three matches to go with what I was watching. And it was just like, oh, my heavens. You know, it's a struggle. It's a, it is an endurance test to watch these shows. David, the Hookhausen match lasted 5 minutes and 20 seconds, and I felt like it was the perfect amount of time for this match. Now we're sliding yep. over to the main card now, and we finally got our answer to the question. Will he? Won't he? Where is he? Because MJF is the first person out on the main card, and this match, I think it can be polarizing. I think some people enjoy the fact that it was basically a warlord swash at MJF, and others will go like, man, MJF should have got some stuff in, because the match only lasted seven and a half minutes, and basically warlord basically did 10 pair bombs to match the number of lashes he had to take and we got the good feeling moment to get the show off as Rolo is all elite now. Yeah, I, I thought it was perfect to be fair. I thought it was, it did exactly what it needed to do. MJF stalled, got a couple of blows in, but I said it was a work in the weekend show and I tell you who's got egg on his face is Sean from Fightful who kept saying he'd seen plane tickets he'd seen this he'd seen that and and he'd sent the wrestling world he actually sent the wrestling world bananas I don't know whether that was the intention or not but he made a bit of a dick of himself in my opinion but MJF was there apparently there was never any doubt that he was going to be there he didn't as as reported just turn up and then leave straight after the match he did remain because he had a meeting this morning with um tony khan obviously that quite clear with what that's about and he did the job he did the job very well it was as it should be and wardlow is now all elite as they put up at the end which is great and um he got the got the reaction and he got over as he should do well, David, I really feel like I kind of got taken out, but maybe just maybe this was more of a real life thing. But as the day went along and you saw the post scrum where Tony Khan basically didn't t say anything about MJF, you're thinking, you know what? He's probably not going to say anything because literally he has a meeting with him scheduled and he's not going to bring anything out to the press until after the fact. Yeah, yeah, agree with that. Um, it makes sense. Um, Tony's hugely entertaining in the uh, AEW post-show media scrums, uh, particularly when Punk was being interviewed and the Jericho segment. He, he, his, his mannerisms and his facials, it's like he's performing even at that point for the media. But yeah, Tony gave nothing on MJF, which makes sense that they had a meeting on the on the Monday um, after the show. And, you know, we'll see where we see where we go. But MJF is expected to take time off AEW television for the ne at least the next couple of weeks. Exactly, David. So our next match on this card was kind of a surprise because I wasn't sure they would place this match here, but it's the Hardys versus the Young Bucks 
and I got a kick out of the Young Bucks coming out to a Elvis Presley version of their theme, and they were dressed like the king <laughs> yeah. themselves. Yeah, I mean, the, it's one thing whether you like them or lump them, the books are very, very good with this. This this was a bit of a disappointment for me. I don't know about you, Sean. Jeff Hardy seemed hurt and way off the pace. There were some some moves that didn't go according to plan. I would highly recommend that if people want to go back and see Young Bucks versus the Hardys match, go back to when the Hardys were briefly in Ring of Honor prior to rejoining the WWE because they had a couple in there. Um, I think it was one at a final battle um, in New York that is excellent and much, much better than what we got on Sunday night, unfortunately. Well, this match lasted 19 minutes and 15 seconds, and I feel like they could have cut nine minutes off this match because literally I feel like Jeff Hardy was so hurt, so injured that he could barely do anything he could do a couple of weeks ago. I mean, remember, he had that match with Darby Allen where they were balls to the wall. I feel like they should never had that Darby Allen match if they're going to plan to be this physical in this match with the Young Bucks. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. You also cast your mind back to that ridiculous swanton he did um, for, in the con- the stadium concourse on a dynamite, on a dynamite, not even a pay-per-view. So, yeah, I think I think it was playing catch-up. I mean, I don't even think that, that... And I'm not a Bucks fan by any stretch, but I think that they could have put the Bucks over here or even should have put the Bucks over. Well, I feel like they put the Hardys over just for the fact that we're going to get a third match in the series here because I feel like they're counting that Real Honor match as one. This is the second and we're going to get one later in the summer around Labor Day. Hopefully, they will let Jeff take all the time off he needs so he's up and ready for this next match because this was really kind of a buzzkill. Yeah, 100%. Hugely disappointed with this. Um, and and uh, I suppose it set the precedence with the Ring of Honor matches. So, yeah, uh, hey. But it set the tone for the card. There was a, there was some real mixed stuff in this card, and this was one of them. Exactly. My impression of the card was the first two hours were super, super slow. Then somebody got an energy drink, and we were all like off to the races. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, that, that, that pretty fair. Okay, so allegedly up next was this match for the TBS title. It's Anna J versus Jay Cardell. Now, granted, this is the moment I fell asleep halfway through the Hardys match, and I missed this match. So I had to wake up and see all these false rumors that Jay Cardell beat Anna J. Yeah, they were, mate. No, 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 totally false. Yeah, there was, there's nothing to see here. Uh, let me fill you in. You didn't miss much. They didn't. It, it, it was clunky. It wasn't very good. But yeah, um, I'm sorry to have to break it to you. Yeah, um, Jade Cargill went over, mate. I'm really sorry to break it to you. Well, from everything I've heard and listening to different podcasts, this was the worst match on the card. This match should really be buried inside of the uh, pre-show. The only good thing coming out of this match was the debut of the former Michael Bevan, as he is the new manager of Jay Cardell. And I kind of got hopes that this is going to be better than Smart Mark Sterling and Jay Cardell. Yeah, yeah, agree with that. Agree with that. I wouldn't fault your statement there. We'll see. Now, also making a debut in this match was the former Amber Moon, as she's now known as Athena, and she's apparently going to be a baby face coming into the company as she was there with Chris Satlander and Anna Jay as they were defending against the uh, baddies and Jay Cardell. So, could we get to a six-woman match on AEW TV in the next couple of weeks with these six ladies? Mate, you know my opinion of Ember Moon. You've done it again. You've stitched me right up. Throw me under the bus, Sean. Yeah, Ember Moon came out. 
and the crowd went mild, and rightly so. Okay, so up next is probably one of the best matches on the card, and it had a kind of interesting inning. Some people liked the inning, some people hated the inning. It's the House of Black versus the Death Triangle, and they had two of the best entrances ever. Yeah, and oh, we're going to disagree here, mate. Um, Yeah, the entrances were brilliant, and I liked the ending... But I hated the match. There's just... Right, you've got Tommy End. You've got Pac. You've got um, Penta. Even Brody King. I'm not a fan of Buddy Matthews. And Ray Phoenix is just, just too much spot stuff. You've got great wrestlers in that dynamic. They're not gelling. They're not... It's too much. There's too many to try and get their stuff in. And, and it doesn't work for me. I didn't like this match. I thought it stunk. I liked the ending. I know you're right. You bang on in what you say that the ending's divide opinion. For me, and it's finally Anna Jay, I'll let you, know, I'll let you talk about it, but built and built and built. And they, they saved it for the pay-per-view. And fair play to AEW for that. But this did not need, this match for me, did not need to be anywhere near this card. It was a dynamite match. Well, they gave this match 15 minutes and 35 seconds. So I can see your point here. They could have shaved five minutes off this match and it still had a decent match. I personally enjoyed the fact the action in the ring. Now, it's actually uh, Julia Hart who turns into Julia Blackheart as she's phrased the blackness into the eyes of Pac. So my question to you is, is Pac going to be the fifth member of the House of Black? Do you know what? We've been th- we've been on about this for ages, haven't we? Um, about Pat Turning. Which, let's face it, his nickname's The Bastard. If you're going to be called The Bastard, you're not a babyface, are you? So that would make sense. And you have been, you particularly have been on about this for months. And I agree with you. I, I agree. I think he should be. I, well, or they get rid of Buddy Murphy, or they get rid of Brody King, I'd, and, and have Pac instead. Um, Pac and Tommy End would be a brilliant tag team. Well, the one thing I didn't know about this match was Brody King did have a near botch here as he was trying to do a dive. I feel like he should save the dives for an every now and then and just focus on being the big heavy hitter of the group. Now, Julia yeah. Hart, they took forever, but they gave her a better look. I feel like hopefully they're going to give her a better character than just being the cheerleader. And I feel like she might be just a little bit better than Anna J in the ring, and especially if she's going to be around. Tommy in, I feel like she's going to learn some stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all of that, mate. Um, I, I, I have no problem with the turn. I have no problem with the turn. It was done to me on the right show at the right time. They've been teasing it, teasing it, teasing it. You know it was coming. I mean, no, no, no. No one was surprised by the turn. But I, I feel they picked the right night for it. And, and I haven't got a problem with it. I've got a problem with the match. I've got a problem with the match being in, on the card. Um, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of Tommy End, of Penta, of Pac. And to a lesser extent, Brody King. So, you know, it's not the wrestlers. It's not the... It was just too much. It, it was one of those that you could easily identify didn't need to be on this card. Well, David, I could argue the next match on this pay-per-view should have been probably not on this card. It should have been on AEW Dynamite. And I was kind of disappointed because it's Adam Cole, baby, versus Samoa Joe. <coughs> one of the matches that I was looking forward to as we're coming into this pay-per-view. I wonder if Joe was injured and he wasn't able to fully go in this match because it seemed kind of short to me. Yeah, right. Okay, now you put a poll up on uh, our Facebook page for your match of the night. Now, I'll be honest here, I'm going to surprise you. We've, we've, we've had, it's not often this happens, Mr. Burkhead, but it's, it's happening over this. This was my match of the night because there was no botches in it. You bang on about the timing. I would agree with you. Don't look at me like that. I can see your face screwing it up. <laughs> I thought it was my match of the night. 
um, at the end of the day, it's my opinion, I'm entitled to it, and I'm keeping it. The result was right. I would have loved a bit longer. You're bang on, I think Joe was injured. But you think about this in the placement of the whole card, right? There was no botches. It got the job done. It achieved what it needed to achieve. And I called it, you know, and I know we're going to come on to this. I called it for the two winners of the Owen Hart tournament and that they could do it. And obviously it came when Martha came on later on in the show. I, it was my match of the night, end of story. I love Joe and Adam Cole. Yeah, it could have been longer, therefore better. But I think you're right that there's some, some injury with Joe. And maybe that even affected the, the booking of the result. Exactly, because this match only went 12 minutes and 30 seconds. I feel like they kind of cut out a little bit of meat in this match because I feel like Adam Cole saw how injured Joe was, so they kind of went to the end faster because it was basically Lord of Boom and one, two, three. A clean win for Adam Cole. Now, granted, there was a little interference with Bobby Fish, but not as much as you thought it would be. Now, this leads on to the next match because they literally did these Women's Own Heart Tournament Final right after this. As we get Dr. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. Now both of them get special entrances to the ring. And this match probably did, to me personally, was a little bit better than Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. I think Britt Baker had a better match between the two of them. Okay, that's fair enough. It was it was decent. It was better than I thought it'd be because Ruby's recent in ring, in, in ring record um, hasn't been brilliant. So I was pleasant. How I'll put it, I was pleasantly surprised by this. And I absolutely adore Britt Baker. I think she's one of the best things that AEW have developed. When they realised that she wasn't ready for the ring, they took her out. She had a natural injury anyway. They 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 focused on her strengths, which is promo and her facials and what have you. And now she's got better in the ring. Um, I, I, I think she's absolutely fantastic. I think she's ready for the title again. And obviously... This will, you know, give her the, every opportunity in the same way it should do with Adam Cole. And obviously, I, I have a feeling that Adam Cole's going to be the next challenger. for, And it makes sense for me for it to be the next challenger, the pair of them, to go up in a big show. So the power couple are both challenging for the respective world championship belts. It makes so much storyline sense. And, and, and that's what I want to see. Enjoyed this, thought it was good. Not Still not my match of the night, but way, way better than I anticipated. Okay, so this wasn't my match of the night. My match of the night is still to become, but I did enjoy the segment where they brought out the titles for the Ola Hart tournament. Marfa Hart did a excellent job in doing a speech, yep. and the crowd just loved her to death. They just gave her all the love in the world. So I was kind of happy for that. And Adam Cole and Britt Baker did the smart thing. They didn't do any heelish things here. They played it super babyface. Yeah, I, I yeah, couldn't agree with that more. You've, you, I don't know why you've come to me over that because you have summed it up excellently. Um, and yeah, that's what everyone with any with in any right mind saw and and enjoyed. David, we've been talking about matches that should not be on this freaking card. Allow me to say <laughs> the next match should not be on the card. We're going to the midst trios match where we have America top team being Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Page Van Sam, the better of the two teams, versus Semi Guevara, Ty Connie, <laughs> and a poor, poor, I felt so sorry for Taz because Kaz said, forget this, I'm going to stay in the back, you two have this. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong, I can't argue with any of that. Now, the, let, let's, let's, let's bathtub this. Um, positives, Page Van Zandt looked excellent, really good. 
Kaz in that heel role, I just don't like him. He's played heel before, I just don't like him. What the hell has happened to Guevara? I mean, seriously, seriously, seriously. One of their biggest talents, one of their biggest... And and you're damn right, this match shouldn't have been on. I felt sorry for Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, to be fair. They were were who I felt sorry for. Um, Page, fair play to her. Um, Couldn't fault her. Couldn't fault her whatsoever. She's obviously trained her, her little bum off and, you know, she did what she needed to do and she didn't look bad. You cannot say that on the other side. But, yeah, sure as hell, this did not need to be on this card. Total waste of my time. David, they gave this match 12 and a half minutes. They literally yeah. gave it the yeah. same amount of time as Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. I know, I know, I know. Personally, would have rather have seen Ethan Page versus Scorpio Sky versus Kaz for the TNT title because that would have been a freaking better match than this. Yeah, 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 100%, 100%. Couldn't argue with that. Okay, so we're moving on, and this card is finally going to pick up. We're finally going to get in the gear because it's Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen, and this was for about half an hour my match of the night. Right, well, this is a match. This is also a match I think shouldn't have been on the card. And I'll tell you what shouldn't have been on the main card. Because it was all so last minute. Kyle O'Reilly on Wednesday night's Dynamite puts uh, Sting on the show. Derby challenges him to a match. It's on the upper end card of the main event. Now, I know they're high on Derby. Understandably so. I know Derby's a great, good man. I love watching Derby. I love Kyle. Absolutely love Kyle. But this was a bit of a come down for me. And again... This should have definitely been pre-show. You could have had Danhausen, the tag team match, to almost immediately from joining the, 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 the buy-in and then have this match to take you in to the pay-per-view. And all would have been right with the world. All would have been right with the world. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't a bad match. They're two hugely good talents. I enjoyed it. But at this point, I'm starting to get frigging tired. And I'm starting to get like, I don't want to see this. I just want to see the big matches. Uh, you know, I want to see um, the Anarchy in the Arena match. I want to see Punk and Page, and then I want to get to sleep. And so for me, this it lost something from that. Well, this match went nine, almost ten minutes. I felt like it gave it enough time. It was kind of interesting that they gave Kyle Riley the win. I was happy they gave Kyle the win because going into this match, I would have told you Darby Allen was going to win this nine times out of ten. But David, the next match... Is my match of the night. This match coming up, maybe my match of the year so far, because it's Serena D versus Funderosa for the AEW women title. They went 16, almost 17 minutes, and it was a freaking Mac classic. Wow. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. What I will say is, I enjoyed it. It was all right. There was no major, major botches in it, which, again, there's a lot of these matches. You can't say that. But I did. it didn't scream match of the year to me. I'm really sorry. It just shows, ladies and gentlemen, occasionally Sean and myself are very, very similar-minded in what we like in our, in our wrestling and who we like and who we don't like. We are. And sometimes that has um, not, not a boring dynamic, but a samey dynamic. This card is obviously showing that up not to be the case. It would have never, it's never close to being a match of the year for me, but that's not to downcry the match. It was, it was okay. And it was a good women's match because you've got two 
excellent female wrestlers in it. Well, David, in my defense, maybe I was just so sorry looking for something I could enjoy after sitting through yeah. two and a half hours of AEW so-so booking. This was the best thing on the show to me, bar none. I'm not saying you're wrong, mate. Please don't get me wrong. It just didn't hit me like it did, obviously, you. Now, that could be the time difference, the fact that by this point, I was tired and fall. You know, I was getting tired and struggling to stay awake. Um, so that, that has a lot to do with it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's a difference of opinion. It, it didn't hit me as a match of the year candidate. Well, up next is a trip into insanity because up next is anarchy <laughs> and the arena. It's, it's the boy band that is known as the Jericho Appreciation Society versus... What was the team I thought would stay together in the Blackpool Combat Club plus Eddie Keeson and LAX. But the story of this match was the Hill team was a fine, well-oiled machine and the baby faces, they weren't really on the same page. No, no, no. They played on the Eddie Kingston um, dynamic here. Um, very dysfunctional. It, it delivered. I have to say that. They're not my sort of matches where you've got cameraman all over the place trying to follow this, that, and the other. Um, it delivered, um, very cleverly booked, but it's not my sort of match. However, it, you know, I, everyone loves them. You know, the fact that they're in the audience, they're around the arena. It, it, yeah, it, 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 it did exactly what it said on the tin and did what it needed to do. Well, David, they gave this match 22, almost 23 minutes, and... It didn't feel like 22, 23 minutes. It was just go, 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 go. Yeah, I, I actually expected you to say longer um, because it felt... I mean, you almost knew because of the, the people that are in it, because you had Mark Sleevy, you've got Danielson, you've got Eddie, you know, you've got Jericho, that they were going to get close to at least half an hour, if not more. So now you said that, I'm surprised I thought it was more. Um, but yeah, no, it was okay. I was entertained by it. But it's never my sort of um, match. So the end of this match comes with, I want to say Jericho has the ring rope around the neck of Daniel Bryan. He's choking him as Jake Hayler is putting on a submission. And you don't get a tap out from Bryan Dallison. He just literally passes out. Passes ref stoppage. Yeah. And coming out of this match, we're going to lead into a Eddie Kingston, Bryan Dallison feud, which I'm all for because during the match, Eddie Kingston came back to the ring like a vengeful devil with a can of gasoline. And he had one purpose. He was going to set Jericho on fire because Jericho thinks he's a wizard. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that, yeah, I don't know what, yeah, I mean, I can't say any more. Apart from look what happens when you put, ask Joey Janela what happens when he put fire in the ring with his uh, fiery super kick bell end. Um, yeah, I I, I don't know. I love Eddie Kingston and I love Brian Danielson. And I think that that will be a hard-hitting, evil match. As long as they keep it to some wrestling, which Eddie Kingston is more than capable of doing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it mattered who went over with this, you know, end of the day. It, I, I just hope that, that these two factions lead away from each other now. Well, it's an interesting question. What do you do with Chris Jericho now? Because yeah. he just beat the babyface team. Clearly, you got a face champion in CM Punk, as we're going to come down to talk about that match. But 
you feel like Adam Cole's the next challenger for that. So what does Chris Jericho do? I think you keep Chris Jericho away from... I think that's why he's in these um, factions, because it keeps him away from the title. He's had a little run with the title, obviously, the first champ, the first champion. Um, no, I think it's time for others. And Adam Cole has to be, surely, now the next challenger, the fir- or the first challenger for Punk um, with, the, with the belt. And that should be a decent match as well. That can be both good talkers, both good wrestlers... Yeah, I mean, what's not to like? Well, David, we're up to the second to last match of the night, and it was an interesting placing for the AEW Tag Team title match. I felt like these guys were given a sandbag, but they were able to perform well. They did admirably. I kind of enjoyed this match, as we saw Swerve Slipman, Keith Lee versus Jungle Express versus Powerhouse Hobbs and, and Ricky Starts. And there's a moment in this match where you have all the hosses in this ring. You have Keith Lee, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Lucasaurus. And I'm looking at Keith Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm going like, they should be the tag team. They should be the ones winning this match. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah you're right, actually. It's a strange placement for a start. I agree with that 100%. I, again, it's just like, as they're all in there, it's just like, oh no, just get this over, get the main event, and then I can go to bed. Um, but it was actually way, way better than anticipated. Don't necessarily agree with the booking of who went over, but hey, you know, because there's so many good tag teams now, you know, I'd like FTR, the Blackpool Combat Club, I'd like to actually have the belts. Um, you know, even the books, although the books are coming off a defeat again now, maybe they're going to put the Hardys in there um, for a nostalgia run. But it was, yeah, it was better than genuinely a match that I I, I uh, expected nothing from and got a bit more than that. And so I was grateful for that. Now, I feel like Ricky starts with the start of the show because the crowd was so behind him. And I felt like him yeah. and Parahal Hobbs was the team that the fans of the arena were going like, this is the team we're going to cheer for. This is the team we want to win. But they were respectful when Jungle Express won. And Christian didn't do anything too hillish to show that he's going to turn on them yet. No, but I think that's the I mean, obviously, we've you've called that for a couple of couple of three weeks now. But it's coming. You can see it's coming. It's only a matter of time. Yes, exactly. Because there's a moment in this match where Jungle Boy is looking at Christian. And Christian has the, actually has the FTW title in his hand. And he's looking at, Christian, what are you doing? And all Christian did was basically pull it from start so he couldn't use it on somebody. So I do believe they're trying to build some tension between Christian and Jungle Boy. And for the life of me, I hope they don't try to turn Jungle Boy heel because the only person that needs to be heel in that group is Christian. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think Jungle Boy's capable of being heel, to be fair. He's, he's not capable of being a babyface because his promos are that poor. So, yeah, definitely not um, Jungle Boy is turning. Um, but, no, uh, it, it was. I was pleasantly surprised and relieved with this match. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the main event but David, they didn't give either guy a special entrance. This was like the most low-key entrance to a main event title match I can remember in a while. It's CM Punk versus Heyman Adam Page. And they went 25-40 in this match. And I feel like, yet again, AEW has let down Adam Heyman Page because CM Punk kind of won clean. Yes, granted. Heyman and Page had this moment of indecision where he had a title in the ring in his hand going like, should I hit Punk? And I was screaming. I know this would have cost me, but I was screaming, hit Punk. How dare you? How very dare you? Um, yeah, you're right. You called it. To be honest, Sean, when the entrances were low-key, particularly Adam Page's, 
it was like, ah, oh, there's a title change of foot. There were definitely a title change of foot. I don't know why, but that 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 was like a clue. Um, okay match, only okay. Punk, even in his post-match, uh, post-show interviews, said he was disappointed with um, with his performance um, in the ring. He missed some bits and it's stuff that he'll work on, even though the media scrum were blowing smoke right up his backside. He, he was honest enough to admit that he got some bits wrong. But I think it, I think it's the right decision. I think the the matches that Punk can have coming up in the, for the rest of the year as champion, you know, is is better option. One name that Punk continuously mentioned, I don't know if you've seen this interview, and we called it months and months ago, Sean, um, is Brian Danielson, Punk himself. Because when they asked him, who do you see as being a challenger to your title soon? And who do you want to, to have as your... Um, he mentioned Moxley, um, but he mentioned Danielson no end of times. So I would expect to see Punk is champion versus Brian Danielson before the end of the year, and who knows where that can go. Okay, so the end of this match came with Heyman and Page. He has the title belt in his hand, and he decides, nope, I'm going to win this armory. I'm going to be a good baby face. He puts it down. He goes for a second butt shot lariat, and CM Punk gets him up into go to sleep, and one, two, three. I do believe there's a way you could go back around to have Heyman Evan Page challenge CM Punk yet again for a rematch. And I'm wondering if you would turn Heyman and Page Hill. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can see that happening. I mean, I would build Cole for the next um, big show. Is it all out the next one? Or is it, um, I can't remember the order they do them in. But anyway, I would, yeah, give give maybe Cole, uh, Hangman and Page a rematch, even if it's on a big dynamite, um, a dynamite that they can promote. And then the next big show, uh, build Cole slowly, a bit like they did with MJF. They've got they've got the capability of doing it. I think that's what they should do, and then have Cole as the title. Then you've got your next two challengers, and yes, turn page heel. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see some kind of entertainment, you should go check out on YouTube the AEW post scrum after this pay per view because Tony Khan must have had like eight monsters because he was like going fifty million miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> and oh by the way. I want to see Eric Bischoff versus Tony Khan in some kind of match because I think that might be entertaining. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Absolutely. I'd not noticed some of his tics before, but, um, yeah, he was. I couldn't take my eyes off him during some of the interviews. It was uh, really entertaining. But, overall, I'd give it a B-. minus. It's certainly nowhere near as uh, good as as their recent shows, but... It was actually, despite some of the matches and some of the mistakes, it was still better than I anticipated. And and there's enough in there to entertain me. Okay, David. Overall, I would say this was a 7 out of 10 pay-per-view. I feel it was kind of in the middle of the road. It was a tale of two pay-per-views. The first half of it was slow as all get out. The ending kind of saved it. So, right in the middle for me. Yep, fair one. Well, ladies and gentlemen... Let's look to the future since we already talked about the past because coming up on Saturday, we have NST 2.0, David's favorite brand in the world. They have In Your House as the show, and there's five matches on this card. And we're going to defend the Churchill Cup with this one. Plus, WWE finally decided to book Hell in a Cell, so we got some matches there. So we're doing a two-for-one special for the Churchill Cup. It's time for the Winston Churchill Cup. 
Okay, David, I kind of live on the edge from this last pay-per-view where I gave you the right to have the first pick. But you know what? I'm going to tempt fate again. I'm going to give you two options. You can either pick the card we picked first, <laughs> or you can have the first selection. I'll take the first selection. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to do this in order. We're going to NXT 2.0 in your house. So, David... What is your first selection? Brown Breaker over Joe Gacy. Wow. Because, David, I feel like Joe Gacy's going to win by DQ here, and we're going to finally maybe save Brown Breaker for NC 2.0 as he goes up to SmackDown or Raw. Praise the Lord. You, you, you're bearing in mind, you're now, to start with, we're going to talk about five matches that I really don't care about. I know, David, but still, I guess that would be one of the matches I would have took if I had the first selection. So allow me to do something that I'm going to hate. Because I'm going to the NST women's title match. It's Manny Rose versus Winnie Chu. And somewhere, Val Kapoor is sitting back and laughing because I'm taking Manny Rose to retain her title. Yeah, I know. I, for, what, for all that I care, I agree with you. Well, I'm going hometown heroes today, and I'm going to spit in the face of the haters. Um, and I'm going to take Pretty Deadly to retain over the Creed Brothers. That is heart overhead because I actually think the Creed Brothers are going to win. But I love Pretty Deadly, and I'm fed up with seeing them slugged off on social media. Um, and I hope they retain. And that's who I'm picking. Well, David, I would have been with you. I would have been, yes, boy, because these guys are freaking good and social media doesn't have a freaking clue what they're knowing to talk about. I yep. feel like they may retain this title by some interference from Robert Strong, and we get to see the split of Dynamite in here as the Kree Brothers go off to be baby faces and they fight the other members of Dynamite, and Pretty Deadly goes on to maybe the War Raiders or somebody else on this card because you look at it, there's not that many male tag teams in this division yeah you're you're bang on mate you're bang on but yeah pretty deadly all the way for me well what would it be a nst card without me going to gg dolan and saying tossit attraction is going to retain the tag team titles as they face kaden carter and her partner the only other women tag team on nst 2.0 at the moment since they basically released all the tag teams yeah and that's why you're probably going to be right. Which leaves me with Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams. Um, and the fact that Cameron Grimes is on the poster with the belt means I'm going to go for him to retain. Yeah, I feel like it's a little too early to get the belt back onto Melo. Even though I feel like this is going to be the match of the night for this card. These two guys can go. Yeah. And I feel like there's a baby face run for Melo and Trick. I feel like the crowd's getting behind them. But I still think you should let Grimes had this belt because he ain't had it for a while. So maybe they find a way for Grimes to cheat and there's a reason to give Mel a third match for this and we get this match again maybe a month or two down the road. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with most of that. Um, but as I say, it's not going to be... A, I might watch snippets of it, but I, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm not a lover of NXT. I'm really not. Um, I'm going to watch Hell in a Cell. I fully intend to honour my commitment to, to that. But um, at the moment, I could not care less about NXT. Sorry. So you start Hell in a Cell, my friend. Exactly, I do. And my first selection of the evening, I'm going to take the Judgment Days, Damian Priest, Leela Ripley, and Edge to defeat Lib Club, Lib Morgan, Finn Balor, and AJ Styles. And you know what? I agree 100% with that. My next, I'm going to take the 2-1-1 handicap match. 
I'm going to take Lashley to be Osmosis and MVP. Okay, so coming off of last night's Monday Night Raw, we saw the contract signing be the main event. And why in the world you have a contract signing be the main event of your flagship show? I have no idea. Bobby Lashley did get his mm. moment in the sun as he threw almost through a table. So I'm warning, David, you might have hit wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm aware of uh, WWE booking 101, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I just got this gut feeling. David, what would Radio Free Professional Wrestling be if I didn't go with this pick? Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes will defeat Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell, and Seth Rollins will be 0-3 to the American Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, I can't argue with that. Right, I'm gonna leave you your favourite. I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna leave her for you. Um, I'm gonna pick Austin Theory to retain over Mustafa Ali, and no one will care. Yeah, I'm kind of worrying why they put this match on the card because this match screams, "Oh hey, we have this baby face that we don't care about. We're gonna give Fury an easy night here. If Fury loses this match, I'll give everybody five dollars." Sweet. I'm on win-win there. Okay, so there's two matches left on this card. So you have Kevin Owens versus Elijah, or Ezekiel, yeah. whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. have the three-way match for the Raw Women's title as Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Becky Lynch. One of the three are going to be the champion walking out of this match. And David, I'll go ahead. I'll take this match for you. You don't have to worry about it. But I'm not taking my hometown lady. Ladies and gentlemen. Ah! I'm taking Becky Lynch to win this match and be the new Raw Women's Champion. It's a three-way. There's a way for Bianca Belair to be saved, and I feel like Asuka's going to take the pin. Interesting. I left that for you to be nice. Not for you to take it. I left it for you to be nice. For your hometown girl, and you went against her. You've gone, you've gone right. We have, you know, we have like a code of honor here on Radio Free Pro Wrestling, and you've just smashed it up. I, no, 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 no. You can, you don't have to wave that thing at me. I'm, I'm shocked. Um, anyway, I'm gonna go with on the final match. Uh, unfortunately, I think Kevin Owens is going to job, and I'm going to take Eliacus Cole or whatever he's Ezekiel Elias, the, the brothers Grimm. Um, um, unfortunately, Kevin Owens is going to lay down and look at lights again. The only thing to make this kind of entertaining is they can find somebody who looks just like Ezekiel, and we get Elias and Ezekiel in the ring at the same time, and Kevin Owens just loses his freaking mind. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I could see something like that happening, actually. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been our preview for two of the most lackluster builds to WWE <laughs> pay-per-views that I can remember in a long freaking time. You're not wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back with you this coming up Monday as we talk about what the hell we just watched over the weekend. But until then, everybody have a stunning rest of your week. David, I hope you have a great week. Tell the people goodbye. Hey, goodbye. Thanks, guys. See you soon. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.